This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi family. Wherever you might be watching around the world, from our home to your home, in this very serious time that the world is facing right now with this coronavirus epidemic, it's a very challenging <clears throat> time of fear and concern, wondering what's going to happen in the future. And things are worse now than they were a week or two weeks ago. And they expected to get a lot worse in a week or two or three from now. But God has the answer to this problem. If the Lord Jesus walked in here right now, he'd tell us what to do. Well, I've spent some time before the Lord and God's given me something to share with you. I believe it's going to give us direction. So let's pray and see what the Lord has for us. All right? Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity of coming together to worship you and hear what you have to say to us from your word and by your spirit. I depend on you to anoint my mind that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will enter every person's mind carried by your anointing and power, bringing understanding, removing confusion, that your will enter every heart, bringing faith, dispelling every fear. And we'll give you all the praise, the honor and the glory for all that's revealed and accomplished by your word and through your spirit, here in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. My message is titled, Moving the Hand of God. Moving the Hand of God. The Holy Spirit has given me this message because He wants us to overcome. He wants us to overcome. Before I do begin, today I received this prophecy that was given by David Wilkinson back in 1986. That's 24 years ago. David Wilkinson was a powerful man of God, a man of great integrity and character. And um, this is what he said 24 years ago. This is what the Spirit of God says. I see a plague coming on the world. And the bars, churches, government, Will be shut down. The plague will hit New York and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America 
and the world. 24 years ago, this prophecy is now upon us. Amazingly enough, that fits right in to the message I had already prepared. In India, a religious practice for some people was to bathe in the sewage-filled Ganges River. Bathe in the sewage in the Ganges River. As a result, they would contract a waterborne disease called cholera. The British Empire was the largest empire in world history, controlling over 13 million square miles and ruling over half a billion people. Now, back in those days, they would be like half the planet. When the British East India Company gained control of India in the early 1800s, they built railroads and sent steamboats up the rivers. Unfortunately, individuals infected with cholera were able to quickly travel back to Europe, carrying the disease with them. It killed tens of millions in crowded cities in England, Ireland, Belgium, Netherlands, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, and Hungary. In Russia alone, cholera killed over one million people. It spread to China, Japan, Java, Korea, the Philippines, Bengal, Iran, Iraq, Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, Arabia, and Africa. Immigrants infected with cholera brought the disease to Mexico, Venezuela, Brazil, Canada, and America's east and west coast. Now, in the first few months, cholera killed approximately 200,000 people in America. Just the first few months. On July 3, 1849, in response to the cholera epidemic, President Zachary Taylor proclaimed a nationwide day of fasting. The President writes, At a season when the providence of God has manifested itself in the visitation of a fearful pestilence which is spreading itself throughout the land. Now, I don't believe God sent the violence under the pestilence because Jesus said, I came to bring life, abundant life, and Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. That's in John 10 verse 10. But, that's what he wrote. And I'll explain how this happened from a spiritual point of view in a few moments before we close this message. But, Karen reading, he says, It is fitting that a people whose reliance has ever been in his protection 
should humble themselves before his throne and while acknowledging past transgressions ask continuance of the divine mercy. Now obviously President Zachary Taylor was a wonderful Christian, loved God. I just love what he wrote here. He says, we should come before his throne humbly and acknowledge past transgressions, knowledge our sins, and ask God to continue showing divine mercy. Wow. Wow. It is recommended to persons of all religious Christian denominations to abstain as far as practical from secular occupations and to assemble in their respective places of public worship to acknowledge the infinite goodness which has watched over our existence as a nation and has long crowned us with manifold blessings and to implore the Almighty in his own good time to stay the destroying hand which is now lifted up against us. That was from the President of the United States. Beautiful letter compelling the nation to humbly repent and pray. Now here's a governor's letter about the same problem. The New Jersey governor, Daniel Haynes's proclamation, was published in the Patterson Intelligencer, August 1, 1849. Whereas the President of the United States, in consideration of the prevailing pestilence, has set a day of fasting. And whereas I believe that the people of this state recognize the obligations of a Christian nation, Christian nation, he calls America a Christian nation, publicly to acknowledge their dependence upon Almighty God. He says, let's publicly acknowledge our dependence on God. They're abstaining from their worldly pursuits. They assemble with humble confession of sin. There it is again from the governor this time. Acknowledge our sin. And fervently implore the Almighty, ruler of the universe, to remove us from the scourge and speedily restore to us the great and precious blessing of hell. Beautifully written. Now we're going to read something from the mayor of Davidson, Hawaii at that time. Mayor John Howard, proclaiming a day of fasting, and ordered all stores to be closed. Hundreds of people came openly in the streets and prayed. Wow, that's humility. The people came out in the streets to pray and seek God. President Taylor's proclamation 
Our fasting was observed Friday, August 3, 1849. And by the end of the same month, the death toll had dropped suddenly. So it almost ended the same month that the people humbly got together, some in streets, and repented before God and asked for mercy. That is very heart moving for me. I'm sure it is for you as well. Now, you know, when the Lord Jesus left the earth after his resurrection, he handed all authority over to his church. Jesus said this in Matthew 18, 18. The Lord Jesus said, Assuredly, that means it's this way and no other way. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound by heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus said, it's up to you now. I'm leaving everything in your hands. I'm putting you in charge of planet earth. Whatever you allow will be fine. Whatever you stop will be fine. We'll back you up. You make the call. Jesus gave his authority to us. Now, unfortunately, the church of Lord Jesus Christ has not exercised its authority as it should have. It is our responsibility to maintain the victory that Christ conquered for us through the cross. Jesus conquered Satan. He conquered death. He conquered sickness. He conquered poverty and lack. He conquered all our enemies and gave us the victory and then left and asked us to maintain that. Hold on to that. Don't give it to the devil. Just like Adam was given authority to protect the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the church was given Christ's authority to protect our planet. And Adam and Eve, unfortunately, yielded to the devil temptation and lost everything. Lost everything. Likewise, the church has yielded to the devil and his temptations. For example, we have allowed, the church has allowed, the world to do abortions. And up till now, 2 billion 475 million abortions worldwide have taken place. Staggering number. 2 billion 475 million abortions around the world so far, of which 60 million abortions have taken place in the United States alone. Plus, we have made money in idol, made money in idol. We'll work faithfully every day, arriving right on time for work, just to get paid some money. But we will come to church when we can squeeze it into our busy schedule. And even though it's once a week, more than half of the part of the church will come late. They wouldn't dare do that to their boss because they'd find themselves working for Walk and Seymour, if they did. But they'll do it for God. Now, if something happens 
and it does, you'll arrive late for work. And if something happens, I'd rather folks come to church and be there than not be there. But if it's in our ability, please folks, let's repent from the sloppiness and let's get to church early and let's take the full time we have only once a week. Let's worship God and express our appreciation for all he's done. He's keeping us alive and I believe he'll keep us through this virus as well. We've got to thank him for every day we live through this virus without getting contagious or contaminated. All right. So we've also made sports and entertainment an idol. We'd never stay home from work to participate in our children's sports events. We'd never do that. But we'd gladly do that on a weekend. We'd miss church in a heartbeat and go to our children's sports events. And shame on the schools for holding sports events on Sundays when they know churches are operating. That's just like the devil, isn't it? Trying to keep us out of out of church. If they won't allow your child to come to church because you don't want them to go to a sport but rather come to church, then just move your kid to another school and go tell the headmaster why. We've got to stand our ground, put God first, family. It's time to make that hard adjustment. We're gladly in this church and go to a rodeo. We'll never tell the boss, look, I'm not coming to church just to work on Monday. The rodeo's in town. I want to go to the rodeo show. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. None of us would do that. But folks will miss church for special shopping days. Black Friday, tax-free Sunday, whatever it is. <laughs> Black Sunday. I'll miss church, go to shop. And uh, if some friends come from out of state, of course, they'll, they'll tell me, Pastor, I'm sorry, I can't be in church next week because my friends are coming from out of state. I said, well, can't you bring your friend to church with you? <laughs> um, I don't think they want to come. <laughs> All right. We would never stay home from... Can you imagine going to your boss and saying, you know, boss, I've got friends coming from out of state this week, so I'm going to stay at home. It's not my leave, but I'm going to stay at home. It's not going to work. We can't put, <laughs> we can't put work above... God, it's not, it's not right. God's not, not going to accept that. It's because all these things are more important to us than worshiping God is. That's unfortunately the way it is. Most Christians spend no time alone with God on a daily basis. Most Christians don't have a quiet time in the morning, but they have time throughout the day to do everything else. When they come home, they have time to sit and eat. They have time to watch TV, but they don't have time for God. But they have time for everything else. All this is idol worship, family. Let's just face the fact. It's idol worship. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, 2, and 3, you'll read about the seven churches of Asia Minor, those are real churches that were operating at that time. But each of those churches represent a church age. And we are in the latest Sian church age. 
which is the final church age before the Lord comes with the rapture. And unfortunately, it's an exact duplication of what it was back in that time. And this is what Jesus says to the Laodicean church. He says that they are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked, and indifferent. Wow. I'd hate Jesus to say that to me. I would hate to hear that. Nothing would be worse. Nothing would be worse. What's indifferent mean? It means that I don't care about what God needs or requires for my life because I've got my own life to live and I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And I'm asking God to bless me when I do what I have to do. That's not the way this works. Not at all. We've got to change our heart attitude. This is the time to get right with God. It's supposed to be God first. God bought us. He owns us, family. You're bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God with your life. That's what the Bible tells us to do. What's that mean? It means, Jesus, you are my Lord. What do you want me to do for you today? You come first. And then we do what we need to do. That comes second. That means Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen? So, Jesus says about the Laodicean church that it's wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, and indifferent. And then he says this. He says that you are lukewarm and that I'd like to vomit you out of my mouth. That's terrible. Can you imagine Jesus saying to someone, you make me want to vomit? Wow. That's heavy duty, family. I trust we're going to not be in that category. We're going to get things right if we need to, whatever it is. If you're right with God, you'll know it in your heart. If there's something you need to put right, you'll know it in your heart. Right now, you already know what things you need to correct. And, and you can thank God, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and talking to you about those things. And He's doing that because He loves you and He wants you to go up in the rapture and not miss out. All right? So, it's time, dear children, for God. It's time for us to get right, to get our, rights, our hearts right with God. It's time. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the time is not here, not yet. So we are hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said, for nation will rise against nation. We're hearing that. It's very tense right now. China is putting a lot of pressure on America to be the number one economy in the world and the one number one military power in the world. A huge amount of pressure. I mean, everybody in China is working all out to conquer America economically and militarily without even fighting a war. And this problem we're facing right now, as I stand here today, this very day, we lost 6 million jobs today. The last two days, we've lost 10 million jobs. Where is this going to be in a week or two or three? Or will we come out of this with a third of the population of America unemployed? 
Will that weaken the economy so much that we'll no longer be the world's leading superpower? I, I don't know the answers to that question, but church, this is no joke. This is serious. But God can fix this. And he's waiting on us. We'll hear that in a moment. Verse 7, the nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. Famines, that's what's happening. Pestilences and earthquakes in various places. So Lord said this back 2,000 years ago. He said there will be pestilences. What's that? Well, I looked it up in the dictionary and also in the Greek. And it's a plague. It's an epidemic. It's a disease. It's highly contagious. And then he said earthquakes in various places. Well, the GeoNet project locates about 20,000 earthquakes a year on planet Earth. 20,000. Now, dear family of God, what is our solution? Well, God's given us a solution. The solution is in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, my people who are called by my name, that's you and me. He's talking to us, not the world, the church. He says, if you will humble yourselves, that's exactly what we've heard already in the testimonies we've read. If you'll humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. Now, this is not a one-off little prayer, God, solve this problem, please, and move on. No. This seek my face kind of praying is talking about a time of prayer, a season of prayer. It's talking about a time of intercessory prayer, a season of intercession and travailing before God. That's what God's talking about, seeking his face. And turn from their wicked ways. If my people will turn from their wicked ways, if they'll leave their idols. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. When God says he'll heal the land, he's not just talking about removing the pestilence. He's talking about restoring the economy. He's talking about blessing people. He's talking about prosperity and abundance and joy and safety, preservation. All these wonderful things that God wants us to have. Because Jesus said we should pray. Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God wants on earth the heavenly lifestyle. Family of God, we're certainly not experiencing that today, but that's what God wants. So let's get in line with God's program and have his blessing. All right? Now then, this is our answer. Remember the dream God gave me a few days ago. When I began to prophesy at the end of the service, a two-minute prophecy, the people started walking out of this building. Thousands of people in this assembly. They started walking out. At the end of the prophecy, one-third, 30% of the people were left standing with their heads bowed, listening carefully to this prophecy, which is about coming world events. And... Um, when I left the church and I drove back to my hotel where I was staying, I went through this little town and Disney World had moved in and everybody's out there having a great time, having fun. And when I was there driving through, I knew 
All those people left that church when I was giving that prophecy are them. They left the church to go to Disney World. And that's what the Lord said to me. He said, people are more interested in entertainment than they are what I have to say to them. That's going to have to change. And now is our time to change. God is waiting for his children to repent from their idols, get alone with him and seek his face. Then exercise our authority, which he gave us, to bind Satan. Then God will act and remove the virus. Remember, James 4, 7, submit first to God, then the rest is to the devil and he'll flee. God's waiting for us to submit to God, to submit to him, then our authority will work and we'll resist the devil and he will flee. The devil's not going to flee, the virus is not going to flee until we submit to God, until we put away our idols and God's first. Amen? Praise the Lord. Then, God will send the latter rain. He will send the latter rain. He will pour out His Spirit on the earth, the anointing that breaks the yoke, and God will bring in the revival of lost souls. 1 Peter 4.17 says, For the time has come for the judgment to begin at the house of God. This is Peter writing at the end of the, of the New Testament. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end of those be who do not obey the gospel of God? What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So God is saying, if Judgment begins with us. And so you can say then that what we're experiencing now is allowing us to judge our hearts to see if perhaps we're not right. That's why this has happened. Not that God's sending it, but we've put our shield down. We've put our sword of spirit down. The devil's running amok. So we've allowed it. We're reaping a harvest we have sown, church. 1 Corinthians 11, 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But if when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. So God says we are judged so that we are not condemned with the world. But if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Are we going to judge ourselves now? Are we going to take this opportunity, come to our spiritual senses and say, you know what? I need to put God first. I've been living a life that says, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. I just want God to bless me as I do what I need to do. Or we're going to turn that horse and carriage around and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because your plan is blessed already. I'm going to fill in with your plan. And that is exactly what the Lord is doing today in this sermon. He's chastening us right now. This message is chastening us so we would judge ourselves because God doesn't want us to be condemned with the world. So this virus is only going to get worse. 
until we get on our knees and pray. We have the cure. It's praying, repentance. That's the cure. So God says we can move his mighty hand if we judge ourselves and pray. So number one, be true. there must be true heart repentance from all idol worship. And God's not going to accept anything that every, anything unless everybody does it. We've got to pass the word on. And then by changing our behavior permanently, that's number two, change our behavior permanently. Make a vow to God, he's first. Every Christian needs to make a vow to God, he's first. Number three, then all believers need to engage in continuous, fervent prayer. That must be a time we allocate to God and make sure we stay with Him. Then God will hear from heaven and heal the land. Well, this is our moment. If you are willing to do that, and even if you've done it before, you can do it again. There's no harm in doing this again. If you're willing to put away all idols, let the Holy Spirit check your heart to see if there's anything in your life that you've made an idol in your life. And uh, if it's so, be ready to put it aside. Put God first. And say, come hell or high water, I'm going to be in church every weekend. I'm going to be there before the doors open. I'm going to judge myself and put God first. If we can do that, if we can pay our tithes, and if we can pray and read our Bibles, that's what God is looking for, church. If we'll be available to share His love and salvation with our neighbor when the door opens, that's what God's looking for. It's not rocket science, and it's not difficult. It's easy, family of God. It just requires commitment that God will expect because he tells us in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, that we are to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. That's not asking much because we, he paid for us with his life. He saved our life from the fires of hell. So we are his. We are his. When you rescue somebody from a burning fur, a house on fire and they had no way of getting out. They're going to die for sure. They owe you their life. We owe God our life. Come on, family. Let's stand up. Let's pray this little prayer together today. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I humbly ask you to forgive me for the idols in my life. I surrender my heart completely to serve you and make you first. I will not ask you to bless my everything that I have to do all day long, but I'm going to ask you, Father, I'm going to ask you, what do you want me to do for you today? And I'll put that first and then take care of my things. In the name of Jesus, I humbly ask you to forgive me. And from this day onwards, Father, I'm going to enter into fervent prayer. I'm going to pray 
Just say it with me. I'm going to pray for revival, for a mighty outpouring of your anointing, a yoke-breaking anointing to break this yoke of coronavirus, the latter rain that will also bring in a great harvest of souls. I will enter into fervent prayer on a daily basis. And I'll be in church and I'll read my Bible. I'll pay my tithes. I'll do all the things I'm supposed to do. Today I've become a serious Christian. I'm no longer a lukewarm, laodicean Christian. In the name of Jesus. Praise God, I'm ready for the rapture. And if you are listening to this and you're not a Christian and you want to be, say this. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. If you said that, I'll see you in heaven. We love you all. God bless you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.